Bishop Trinidad will be sharing with us about his life growing up and being a single parent dad. The ups and downs, working long hours, being supportive to his wonderful children. He is on a mission to change the negative narratives about being an African-American single parent. In this episode Bishop will be discussing his thoughts and opinions on self-awareness and emotional intelligence survival. Ladies and gentlemen, yes, yes you can. Trevor Carter, your host, is back. I'm so excited today because we had one this morning and we're having one this evening now with another special guest who's going to be talking on a, a very special topic that most men, and particularly black men, can relate to based on our experiences in different parts of the world. So yes, we do have a wonderful guest with us and he's going to be giving us some real raw discussion today that I'm sure you all can join into. And we know now Bishop Trinidad. Now, I have to let you know those from UK, Trinidad is a name, but he's not related to anybody in Trinidad, Tobago. So just to let you know, but you never know. In his line is there may be some connection to the Caribbean. You never know. But anyway, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to have our guests on. So uh, let's introduce him. So welcome, Bishop. Hello, how are you doing? I'm doing good. good. I'm doing good. How are things over you with the pandemic? Uh, we're trying to do our best to stay safe. Uh, we're hoping that uh, uh, we're going on a, a new direction now. And hopefully that, uh, that direction is going to be on the path to getting back to our old normal instead of this new normal. Absolutely. A new chapter, a new beginning now. Hopefully this will be the answer. Yes, sir. we're hoping so. All right. <laughs> you never know. The world changing so quick, so quick now. You never it, know what's coming. It's changing so fast and on a dime. You, you really don't know. Uh, we're all kind of holding our collective breath as we go forward. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's a very important key because I believe people will be holding their breath today in this interview because it's an unknown area where most people are not talking about, which I'm going to ask you in a couple of questions. But for the sake of our listeners, could you tell us a bit about yourself, your growing up? and et cetera, before we start moving on to the real side of the things. Yeah, of course. Um, well, I'm a 42-year-old uh, African-American man uh, in the South, in the United States. Mm -hmm. um, there is, I've, um, I was born and raised in a, a, with six brothers and sisters, mom and dad, uh, your, your normal, everyday African-American family. Um, and, you know, the ups and downs, the struggles, and, uh, and highs and lows. Um, I have been, I've been married a couple times twice. I've got, uh, three beautiful children ranging from ages of 13 to 21. Um, my role was recent, just turned 21. So I kind of feel like I, I've officially become an adult now that I have an adult child. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I've just really, I've raised my son on, on my own, uh, for his first 17 years of his life. Um, we, uh, we have a real special kind of a, relationship um a man and his son um it, it's a very healthy balance of a friend and father son mm -hmm. um my daughters the, the, the world to me they uh they have very stark differences in their mindsets and attitudes but i think that's what makes them as special as they are um i um uh, right now i'm currently uh single but uh right around the age of 40 I decided to, when I started looking ahead and seeing how my children were growing and 
is we, if any of us who have had, had children, we get to that point in our lives where our children don't always need us as much mm-hmm. on a daily basis as they once did. Mm-hmm. And I started kind of thinking about what life was going to be after they were gone and on their own, mm-hmm. which gave me time to start reflecting on my own life and seeing where I had started, what, what I've done since then and where I'm at now. And if I am uh, okay, am I, uh, am I satisfied with where I'm at? Or is there more that I want to do? Mm-hmm. And so that's where the kind of part of where the Bishop Trinidad moniker come along. And uh, I wanted to talk about things that I've always been on my mind, things that I've had discussions with with people, but never really started really peeling back the layers and trying to figure out not just, hey, these things are going on, but why they are, they, why they are the way they are mm-hmm. and what are the root causes for them. Mm. especially for men and African-American men mm-hmm. in a just everyday life, whether it's marriage, relationships, children, work, life, arts, and especially our mental health. Mm-hmm. And Absolutely. so that's kind of where, where I'm at today and moving forward with that. Absolutely. I'll just say moving forward because some people tend to hold on to the past yes. and feel trapped emotionally and they can't move forward. But you mentioned moving on ahead. Let me go a little bit back because we're talking about single fathers now, black men right. who are single fathers. What was your relationship like between you and your father growing up? Uh, it was, uh, you know, it, it, it was different. Uh, I, I'm, me and my father, we have, we have definitely have love for one another. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of things that I did not understand or acknowledge or learn until I became a man and became a father myself. Mm-hmm. that I, I realized things that were lacking in our relationship um, more so in the sense of I don't feel like that I was prepared for adulthood, manhood, fatherhood like I should have been. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't say that in the sense that I feel like he did that intentionally. I just believe he did. He lacked the skills mm-hmm. to pass those things on to me. So what he passed on to me and this is something I've talked about in, in one of my podcast episodes is mental, mental survival. Mm-hmm. And that's just, it's just a mentality of survival mm-hmm. and not actually growing and, and being an adult or, you know, a father. It's just, just trying to survive every day, every month, every year. And that just passed on to me and my other siblings. And I can see that now. Mm-hmm. And when I had children, I realized that's a cycle that I wanted to break. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's not a matter of lack of love it's just a, uh, a lack of proper teaching and, pre- and preparedness mm-hmm. very powerful because we tend to go back and find out the presence of the individual why things are struggling why they find it difficult it's the, going back to that relationship as father to son um, and we hear it a lot over here in UK especially I'm talking men in general, but particularly in the black community, there seemed to be a misunderstanding or training between the father and the son. So whatever you lack, he goes out there now in society and he feels right, okay, I'm out here, but what do I do? My father loved me, but what do I do? And I'm I'm (laughs) beginning to find that becoming a blockage. A lot of our brothers are experiencing based on their feedback on the lack of support or a lack of love or a lack of understanding from the from fathers. Now, I want to ask you based on your experience, why do you think that is so? 
Why is that happening so often, we find, in black family between the father and the son? How are we able to fill that gap? Oh, wow. That's a, that's a heavy, heavy question. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, just like a lot of things, it's not one thing. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, it's multiple things, and it can even be from a case-by-case -case basis. Right. Uh, I'm sure that things uh, for my father and my relationship with him and things in his past may not necessarily be exactly the same for someone else. But I have found in my conversations that there are some commonalities. Mm. Um, and it just, it's, it's rooted in uh, poverty, Mm -hmm. uh, racism, uh, lack of full established uh, uh, households where a father and mother had been there at all times. Mm -hmm. uh, fathers being either ripped away from their homes, whether either through death or sickness or incarceration, uh, just not having that family mold, not, not that, um, that role model, that proper role model. Mm -hmm. And it just created one generation after the next. Uh, I know it's, it's become kind of a, a, a cliche term, but it, it established generational curses. Right, right. You know, and in all ways, you know, whether it was teachings of being a father, uh, financial um, intelligence, mm -hmm. you know, it just, it just seeps into each generation. And that's, and it's, we're still struggling and dealing with it. Absolutely. I think, again, you covered it on a very um, nice educational way. And I think people, the way you've done it, you broke it down. A lot of people think, oh, it's my father's fault. Oh, it's my brother's fault. They don't identify the dots to the dots to really find out it can't be the individual's problem. But you now are responsible for making those changes as you grow right. older. Uh, now, this is where you come in, uh, Bishop, to find out when did you realize that there was something not quite right in terms of you living the life as a father and being a role model. What made you realize that? Uh, I'm gonna say around the time uh, that my son turned, turned one, uh, his mother, um, she, she had some struggles with uh, substance abuse. Mm-hmm and which took her out of the picture a lot and multiple times and that's when i became kind of a single father and what triggered was when i sat there and i looked at my son and i saw i looked around and i saw the situation that i was in and i realized at that moment there was nothing i realized the level and the, the severity of my responsibility that i had at that moment and i realized that there was nothing that I wouldn't do to make sure that he had the best life possible and that he would not have, he'd have the tools to not have to go through the things that I was going through. Mm -hmm. At that moment, I realized, I don't think my father ever had that moment mm. that told him I'm ready to, I'm willing to do everything I possibly can because I started thinking about the things that I was going to do to ensure that future. Mm -hmm. And I got to thinking he never did those things. Mm. Mm. And that was kind of my wake up call. Like, wow, wait a minute. Mm. Like there's a difference between me and him as a father and even as a spouse. Mm. And it just, it, 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 it was almost like a ton of bricks hit me, mm. you know, and I realized how much I missed or how much information and education 
that I missed out on from my father. Mm-hmm. At that stage, what thing did you have to do for putting more protection and security into your son without feeling neglected, without feeling like I'm, I'm failing as a father? What thing did you do to put, make sure that he was okay? Uh, simply put, short answer is I put him first. Uh, everything that I did, every decision that I made, I, I asked myself, was this in the best interest of him? Mm-hmm. Um, that's the quick, the easy, short answer. Right. Uh, the more detailed answer would be, I made sure that any, as far as uh, wants and desires of myself mm-hmm. became secondary. Mm-hmm. Uh, I made sure that the work that I had, the jobs that I had, made sure it, they provided properly, but they also didn't take me away from him. I, you know, I didn't want to be working 12, 16 hours a day, seven days a week. Mm-hmm. Yes, I'm working and I'm providing financially, but I'm not there in person for him. Mm-hmm. So I, I created that balance. I made sure to ensure that it was a balance of work and con, you know, being there for my son physically, uh, being present. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when I compare that to my father, it was either one or the other. Mm-hmm. He was always gone. Uh, he was there. He wasn't doing what he needed to be doing. Mm-hmm. And yeah, there were those, those times when I was small. I was like, it was great. Hey, great. Dad, dad's here every day. Mm-hmm. But not realizing, hey, if he's here every day, that means something is suffering. Mm-hmm. And if he's gone all the time, it's like, okay, yeah, we have money. But and I kind of like to see my dad. I like to see him. I like be nice if he come to my game. You know, be nice if he come do this with me. Mm-hmm. And though those are the two the biggest thing that I did is I established balance in my life mm, right. and made sure that everything that I was doing was in a benefit in the best interest of not just my son, but my other children too. Right, right. Now, what I'm going to ask you is because it might relate to a lot of young listeners who are probably single fathers, 20, 25. Mm-hmm. The, the wheels start to spin about, wow, I've got to take responsibility here on my own. Now, what I want to ask you, Bishop, is um, communication, spending time with your children. Did you find you have to, do you have a struggle with reducing your time at work, cut down the wage and spend more time with your child because he's young, because they need a lot of attention? Or did you feel you're okay working more hours and still get a good income coming in to make sure you can put food on your plate, but you were still there to communicate to him and talk to him? Was that a hard situation for you? Or if not, what did happen? It was very tough uh, because, you know, starting out doing it, ma- making that decision to do that, that's one thing. It's easy. Once you make that decision, that's just, that's just verbalizing it. This is what I got to do. But in the actual work, that's tough. Mm-hmm. Uh, so th- there were times that I did struggle with that. Uh, getting, you can get caught up in the work and, you know, and making that, making money and, and, and providing these things and then realizing, hey, my son you know, it's doing this. And I didn't even notice that, you know, my mom who was helped, my mom, bless her heart, rest in peace. She, she helped me so much during that time. Um, but I was starting to see things that she was seeing and experiencing before I did. And I'm thinking that's stuff that I should be experiencing first. Mm-hmm. So it was a struggle. I did. I tripped and, f- and fell a few times, you know, uh, coming out the gate. Um, and there are teams to this, to this day, you know, he's about to be 17 years old. I still make those mistakes. As far as communicating with my son, 
I've always talked directly. I've always been very open and honest with him, mm-hmm. especially when I felt like he got to the age where I could give him more about things. I, I opened up completely to him. He mm-hmm. saw me in vulnerable moments. Uh, he saw, he'd seen me shed tears, you know, and he would ask me, and I didn't just, as maybe some parents and even my father, oh, everything's fine, everything's fine. No, I told him what was bothering me. Things, mm-hmm. these are, these things were hurting. Mm-hmm. Um, I gave him the freedom, that same freedom to be open to me. So if there were t- things that I did that upset him or hurt his feelings or he thought I was doing wrong, I gave him that freedom to, to basically, in essence, call me out, mm-hmm. you know, respectfully, because I am still your father, but you know, you know, at the same time, I wanted him to know that he could come say those things to me. And he did. And he did. He, to this day, he still does. Right. Okay. Now, in reality, most people be on this show thinking, oh, if they didn't hear a man's voice, they'd be thinking it's a woman who's talking now. Single parent, because we hear about the women all the time. All the time. Single parents, they're taking responsibility and they say, where's the man? He's not around, he's left. But today's interview, we're changing the narratives of single men, which is your experience. Now, you obviously got married and you end up looking after your children. You had to work hard, you had to get your income coming in, you had to make sure that your son security was in place. Now, as you went on, what other things were revealed to you about being a single parent? Oh, that it's hard as hell. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt about that, that's number one, right? Yeah, it's hard. Uh, it's humbling. It's, um, but it's also amazing because you kind of, you get all that, all that experience, all that joy that that, that parent or that child, you, you get to be kind of a selfish, you get to get all of it because you're not really having to share too much of it because you're the one there every day getting it. Yes. So that's one of the beautiful things about it. Uh, not saying that's the ideal situation, but uh, on a personal level, that that's something I did enjoy. But I learned a lot of things. I learned a lot about myself. I learned, um, I've always, growing up, I always felt like I was a, uh, I was even told this, that I was a, I had a patient soul, Mm. that I was a very patient person. Raising a child will test that. Mm. It will definitely test that. And um, I learned a new level of patience, um, a new level of humility, um, a a different level of work ethic, prioritizing. Mm-hmm. things you really you I can understand why how some single parents especially women come off as being very uh, not just independent but very uh, controlling yeah because as a single parent you, you need to have control over everything you need to because that's how things stay stay going smoothly yeah because you don't have that other person there to kind of push off some of that uh that responsibility where you can take a breath there's not a whole lot of options for you to times where you can take a breath right yeah so I, I, I that was one of the things for sure that i did learn is that i can i see why they are so con- or at least perception to be controlling right 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 which is quite understandable um because four children five children all on your own working full time actually you're actually working more hours with a family than you're actually going for a job mm-hmm it's an everyday thing, seven days a week. So the mental stress, the mental capacity of looking after all that 
somebody's bound to hold on to what they've got and what they've grown without it being harmed or hurt. And I think right. that's where you, Bishop Trinidad, you took that responsibility at all cost. And right. what I want to ask you is, um, basically being a single father is, um, how are you able to change the perspective of people outside who see black men as single parents but don't seem to understand that there are black men out there who are single parents doing a good job. How are you able to get that message out there, being a single father? By having conversations with, with anybody who was willing to listen. Right. Um, trying to talk up men that I knew that were in my life in circles that were doing these things, making sure people knew that, hey, we were out there. And when I did hear conversa conversations that were trying to speak the, a different narrative, mm -hmm. standing up and defending that and mm -hmm. say, oh, no, I'm one of those men and I've got, I can name four or five other men that are doing the exact same thing. Mm -hmm. We are out there. Um, it's one of the conversations that I like having at the barbershop. Mm -hmm. You know, we, my barber, who's been my barber for over 20 years, right. uh, he's in that same situation. You know, he, he raised both his children on his own. And we had that conversation. We, we try to put on events. Uh, you see a lot of, you know, some of the events for like for single mom expos and yeah. single, they call them single parent expos, but generally 90, right. 99% of the women, people there are women. Um, but we would try to put things on like that specifically for men, or if it wasn't specifically for men, for single parents, but we tried to during that whole event, highlight the men, you know, yeah. point them out and say, hey, Bobby's doing this, you know, Terrence is doing that, you know, we're these, look at them, these, these single dads are killing it, they're rocking it, you know, right. they're girl dads, they're boy dads, they're, they're, they're doing everything they're supposed to be doing, not because we deserve a medal or we deserve a cookie, yeah. but it's just like, just anytime you're doing something and, and you feel, if there's a narrative out there that, that says that you don't exist, you, you take that personally. Right, yeah, right. And obviously some of these verbal attack that they have against some of the black men, it can be very emotional hurting, right. um, distracting and, you know, downhearting. You're thinking, how do we change the narratives of these people's perspective when they see us walking around and we don't have a, 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 an individual at our side as a support? What are you really thinking? You know, so, <laughs> <laughs> which makes... Which makes you got to question people's attitude towards men who are single. So what I want to ask you also is support. When you're going through all this, looking after your children by yourself, did you get any outside support to keep you going? Oh, well, as I mentioned before, my mother was, uh, and, and always was until she passed a few months back, she was big, my biggest uh, supporter. She always was in my corner. She was a woman, a black woman who was out there trying to um, speak against that narrative. Right. And that's really our biggest ally is other, specifically African-American men, our biggest ally in that, in that fight is other, is black women. Yeah, yeah. Um, they, they are gonna be our biggest ally because they are the ones that have that voice that will get other people to listen where, get ones that would not listen to us they right. they'll listen to them uh, my sisters um, I had I had three friends female friends that uh, have been my friends forever and they knew my inner goings and things that were going on and what I was and they 
man, they, I can't, I can't say enough for what the support that they gave me. Right. You right. know, um, they, they would call and say, Hey, you want me to take, you know, your son for, you know, for the night, you know, go out yeah. there and have, you know, have a good time. Have your friend. You ain't been out in forever, you know, th- giving me a moment to recharge. Right. Right. You know, and so, but again, it goes back to, it was women that were our, our my biggest supporters and, and going forward or will always be our right. biggest supporter and ally in this. Right. Right. Ladies and gentlemen, we have Bishop Trinidad who has given us experience and testimony of his life as a single father. And guess what? In the positive light, he's made changes for himself and his children. So it is possible for you, if you out there and you're a single father, you feel isolated at the moment. You are welcome to this podcast to hear from Bishop Trinidad that it is possible. And that's why it's called Yes, You Can. I'm not going to say no, you can't, but I'm going to say yes, you can, because <laughs> that's the reality of this podcast. It's to entertain ourselves with Bishop Trinidad talking about being a single father. Now, this is interesting, Bishop, what you were saying, um, big supporters are women. I've always found when I put something on, or like my coaching business, it's always the sisters who come in but not the men. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what is going on here? You know, so <laughs> it's the same scenario I'm hearing from some of our brothers who are doing businesses or entrepreneurs. The sisters are coming to go on your course. The sisters are coming to encourage you. And you said they're your biggest support. Now, help me here now. I'm in UK and you're in US, right? <laughs> <laughs> help me out. Why is our brothers not coming forward when it comes to support? particularly where you being a single father, it's always a women. What's your opinion? Uh, you know, I, I don't know for sure. I, there are, I have thoughts and I can share with you. I believe that like, just like in a lot of things, if you, if it's not a path that you've walked, you have a hard time connecting and relating to it. Mm-hmm. Um, it is not to say that when I say support, it's not that they don't, you know, it's not that to say not support is that doesn't necessarily equate to meaning that they're against me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, they're just not as, when I say support, they're just not as vocal about it. Mm-hmm. But I, I want to pause there and go back to a moment on that. And I, I think the reason why is because men in my experience, mm-hmm. we don't, we generally don't talk about it. We just be about it. We just do it. So if we're doing these things, if we're raising our children, or if we're doing it in a in a two parent household, or if we're doing it on our own, we just do it without requesting or feeling like we need to be validated mm-hmm. in an open in an open in an open way. Mm-hmm. Um, or there are moments when we do feel like when we hear these negative uh, conversations and thoughts and, and statements, it, it does. We, we want to push back and say, "Oh no, yes, I am doing these things," but. Yeah. In an essence, and overall, I don't think men generally seek out validation. So other men don't feel like they need to validate me because that's just not what we do. Mm, right, right. Very powerful. Very powerful. Now, coming back onto that, reaching out, communicating, talking. Did you have a struggle with that when you became a single father, interesting people to come and support you or talk to them about how you feel? Or would you kept that to yourself and you just went through every day or by yourself? How did it work for you? Initially, that's exactly how it was. I just, uh, I put my head down and just started grinding and just doing what I was supposed to do. Because um, 
and into this day, that's my mindset. It's not something that I should be patted on the back for, or should be given a cookie or a medal. I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. Mm. Um, so at the time, initially, it, I was. I, I just did what I was supposed to do. I didn't talk about it. Um, even when I, even in my my uh, worst moments, my darkest days, I didn't really talk a whole lot about it. I just, you know, either I stayed home and I just, you know, sulked in it, or just, or just pushed it in the back of my mind. Or they try to tell you, as you know, you've heard it too, you know, just be a man, just suck it up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, as I got older, uh, especially the closer I got to 40, I started realizing that that's not healthy. That's not mentally healthy, emotionally mm. healthy. Mm. And when my children are grown and they're gone, I'm going to be still sitting there with all these my emotions and feelings and scars from the past that I've never dealt with. Now, how am I supposed to have a life after that if I'm not having dealt with those things? Mm. So that's what put me on the path of, hey, let's not wait till we're grown or we're older or later to address these things. Let's address these things now. Let's talk about these now because we can benefit from them now. We can be better men, better fathers now instead right. of later. Right, right, right. So obviously being a single father, you said before, it's um, control. Did you ever in your time felt it was hard to trust people, whoever came into your <laughs> life to help? <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, trust is, um, is still one of the things that I'm still working on and struggling with. Uh, not because I don't want to. Yeah. I do. I, I want to. I want to be able to trust someone the way I uh, want them to trust me. Yes. But it is difficult because, and, and this may sound crazy, but when you meet, if, when, I'm, when I meet a woman mm. and they find out that's where, you know, who I'm, you know, not just, not the fact that I just have children, but that I'm a single father and I've been raising my child, you know, on my own for all this time. They're all of a sudden they, it's like they put on rose-colored glasses now when they see me. Mm -hmm. They look at me as, you know, an anomaly, something that's not normal, and that I must be perfect. Right. Because that's not what we, that's not what they're used to. So he must be perfect in every way, not knowing that, understanding that I'm, even though I'm doing this, I'm still flawed. Mm -hmm. I'm still a man. I'm still an imperfect human being. And so things start out really great. And then whenever I'm a human, just like she's a human, it's almost like she's, she's let down from me about me because I made that mistake or I didn't respond the way she thought a perfect, per this perfect image she had in her mind should be. And so now I'm just chalked up just like everybody else. Right. And so right. it's like, my, I can't even trust you to treat me like everybody else now now just because i'm a single father now i'm supposed to be set at some sort of pedestal now right no it's I, I don't i don't look at you that way you're a single mom i don't put you up on this whole this lofty pedestal that you can't make mistakes or you, you you're not still learning and growing right and so you know that's where trust comes in there too that i want to trust you to treat me as a human being just as a person right 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 now, this takes me on to another interesting question, what you said. Um, do you think that a man meets a woman, sees a woman single and have children, respects her as a single parent, 
more than a woman sees a black man, single parents looking after your children? Or are the, are the ideas the same when they meet those individuals? Uh, I think that they, they, I think both statements are true. Right. Uh, they, they can be, and I think it depends on the framework and, and, and how they are introduced to that person. Um, because in some situations, when you meet a woman who claims, who or not claims, when she states that she is a single mother, there's nothing that triggers inside you when you hear that because mm. you've heard it before. Right. Well, when you hear a man that two things seem to happen. One, I believe there's a distrust that is he really, mm-hmm. like that's not, you're not really a single dad. Just cause you're single and you also have a, a child doesn't make you a single parent, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And so you have to go through this process of, of explanation, you know, that I, that I don't feel like women have to give, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, or, or the thought is, oh, well, it must've been automatically, there must've been something wrong with the mom to reason mm-hmm. why you're in that situation or she passed away or something like that. Like, no, maybe I was just the better parent or, you know, a better situation. You know, it, it doesn't have to be that I was the lesser of the two evils. <laughs> you know, right. I, I was actually the best option. I was the better option. Right, right. The uh, so I feel like good. in essence, I feel like men have to explain more about the, their situation of being a single parent more so than women do. Right, right, right. You know, Bishop, I'm telling you, I've got some questions just bursting in my mind here because the way you're delivering it, it, it gives an open opportunity to explore some of the things that, where most people are not willing to talk about. Mm-hmm. And what comes to my mind is, is um, do you feel as a single parent, you have to keep proving yourself to people that you're successful? Constantly. Uh, every day. Constantly. I feel like I, I constantly have to prove myself, not just other people, but to myself. You know, uh, I feel like, I feel like there's a lot of times, there is a segment of people out there that believe that dads, sh- men shouldn't be single parents, mm. that they're not equipped to be that. Mm. And I feel like it's my, my duty to go out there and prove that wrong. You know, mm. I feel like I have to kind of like as, 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 uh, as black people, you know, I don't know if you, how you were taught growing up or if you've heard but I was always told, I always had to do more than my white counterparts. Right. I had to work harder. And that's how I feel like when it comes to being a single parent, that I have to work harder and prove myself even more so than the single mother does. Mm. Because mm. I feel like she's going to, she's already has this level of support and certain level of, um, uh, I don't know, I guess, I don't want, I hate to use the term pass. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know? Yeah. And, You're trying to use it right that there. I don't, yeah, that I don't get. You yeah. know, so if I make a mistake in raising my child or, or being a father, a single parent, it's like I see this is what we've been saying. You're not equipped to do it. You don't have the emotional uh, capabilities to do it. Right, 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 right. You know, so I constantly feel like I'm, I'm having to prove, and and then just keep my mind from drifting into that uh, that um, that realm of believing those things. So when I make mistakes, not allowing myself to say, man, they're right. Everybody was right. Right, right, right. And that was more so when he was younger. Now that I have years under my belt of raising him, he's almost about to graduate high school and go to college. I don't feel that way as much because I feel like, hey, the, pr- the proof is in the pudding. I, you know what, damn it, I've done a good job. Right, right, right. <laughs> no, 
it, it's powerful because um, I think this, this, the way you're delivering it, I think it would challenge a lot of people in terms of the negative perspective of how they see a man being single. And right. I think you're challenging that. You're changing yes. the narrative, right? Through many ways, social media and et cetera. Um, but what I want to ask you, what came to my mind again, is the fact that um, you're a single father, you're looking after your children, you're doing what's best to please yourself and your children first. How, how much more do you think you have to go to really put it out there for people to say, you know what, I got you now, Bitchell. It makes sense. This is what you are doing. Uh, I, I don't know if in my lifetime we'll ever reach that point. Mm. Uh, but I do feel like we are much further along than we were. Mm. Um, it, I do want to see a day where, beco where it becomes normalized. Mm. That it's a normal, obviously normal would be to have a two parent household for a child. Mm. But we both know that that's not always the case. There are other alternatives, but it, I want it to be normalized that a dad can be just as good as a, as a mom can be. He can be just as successful in raising his child or children as that mom can be. Mm. Uh, that is something that I feel like we still have a ways to go. Uh, I feel like there's a lot more conversations that need to be had. And I think there are, in, in those conversations, a lot of truths, a lot of uh, think layers need to be peeled back, things that people may not actually really want to discuss. Mm -hmm. You know, just really the individual situations and, and ideals and beliefs that we have, mm -hmm. maybe even prejudices that we may have against the other sex mm -hmm. that we may not actually openly want to admit. Right. And right. those are the things that I'm challenging, not in a confrontational way, but more in an educational way. Yeah, right, right. Now, it makes sense now. Um, what I see is a good, clear picture. Um, when I look at your name, Bitter Trinidad, I tend to think, man, this bill is on a mission. Because <laughs> when I see Bitrip, I'm like, Bitrip is out there, the gospel, and he's putting the message out there, but you said in an education way. Now, just for, our, for the sake of our listeners, no, he's not a Bitrip. He's just being given a name by a nickname. And we're going to go into a bit, a bit about that, uh, because exactly. my first impression from UK was, oh, he's based in Trinidad. Trinidad background. <laughs> but obviously, Bitrip Trinidad educated me, said, no, it's a nickname. But... Two, two questions. Do you believe you're on a mission? I do. I believe it is. It started out as a personal mission. Yeah. Uh, and then as it grows and more conversations that I have and then I meet more people like-minded and have that same view, it's become more of a, not just a personal mission, but a, a, a mission of responsibility. Mm. Uh, to more than just myself, because there'll be a day, a day will come where I'm not here. I'm not around. Mm. And I don't want that idea to die with me. Not saying that I'm the only person that's out there saying these things or talking about these things, but my part that I'm playing in it, I, I, want, I feel like a certain responsibility to it now, especially for as much as I've talked about it and the fact that I've lived it, I feel like I owe it to other men that don't have that voice or don't have the ability to get out there and say it and speak it to continue doing it for as long as I can. Right, right, right. Now, I think that's answered my question. That's why you're called Bishop Trinidad. <laughs> <laughs> because, <laughs> maybe so. <laughs> <laughs> because you see Bishop, you're like, okay, you're on a mission here. What is that mission? So, and I think you've covered that 
very clearly from the beginning of the interview is educating people who don't understand the perspective of a, a man being a single parent. And then your mission is to educate the young other brothers to understand that whatever situation you're in, you have to take responsibility and accountability. Exactly. All right. And I think that's what you've done. So for the sake of our listeners, Bishop Trinidad, where did that come from? How did that come? <laughs> well, as you were stating the way I sounded, uh, it, it came back in high school. Uh, I was, uh, I worked for the uh, newspaper that I was in journalism. Mm -hmm. And um, I wrote a lot of articles. They gave me a lot, honestly, they gave me a lot of freedom to speak my own mind. Mm. Uh, that's something I've always been as someone who's always spoken their mind, uh, even mm -hmm. as a child. Uh, I gave my opinions and my friends would always tease me that it always sounded like I was preaching. <laughs> that I was, in a, I was on my soapbox giving everybody their sermon for the day. All right, right. right. And uh, so... <laughs> Uh, I, I remember a friend of my buddy of mine, a longtime friend, he told me, he said, you need to come down to the church and become the new bishop, you know, and, and he started calling me bishop. And so, uh, you know, it was just bishop this, bishop that. Here comes bishop. What, what's the sermon for today, bishop? And uh, <laughs> the Trinidad part uh, was from a girlfriend, a short-lived uh, relationship with a girl right, who was right. in Canada. Right. Uh, Saskatchewan area, to be exact. And she had a bit of a heavy accent. And being that it was such a short relationship, I don't, in such a long time ago, I don't remember exactly the details of why she started calling me Trinidad. Right. Or maybe that was the way my brain was hearing what she was calling me. Yeah. Um, but it just, she's the only one who said that. She's the only one who called me that. Right. Uh, right. So it was kind of like her thing. I just kind of let her call. She's Trinidad, Trinidad. Right. Um, then it just, as I got older, and I, it just, you know, that kind of, she never, I never heard that term Trinidad anymore towards me, but these old friends of mine always, when I'd see them around the way or every so many years or uh, reunions, they would call, still call me Bishop. Hey, Bishop, you know, you know, again, what's the, what's the sermon today? And we'd all have a good laugh about it. Well, when I just started just, you know, put together my podcast and do some other social media content, I was trying to think of, you know, what I wanted to call it. I just wanted to give it my own name or just wanted to give it something. Yeah. And I actually got to talking to one of my, those buddies again. Mm. And he's like, well, if you're going to be on there preaching, you might as well call it Bishop. <laughs> and, uh, and a Bishop presents, you know, I'm like, <laughs> so I started out with that. And then for whatever reason that um, actually, honestly, I was scrolling through Instagram and I come across uh, an artist, uh, a musical artist that I know of uh, by the name of Trinidad James. Right. And right. Uh, he's from that area. And okay. just that name, it, it made me think about, it took me 25 years ago, that right. name Trinidad, when oh. she called me that. I was like, I like that. I'm a Bishop Trinidad. There you go. Oh, whoa. And that's where it was born from. All right. So Bishop Trinidad born again. <laughs> <laughs> wow. You know, Bishop Trinidad, you probably know from your grandmother and my grandmother, when they told us stories, they always give us a name. But they didn't give us a name for no reason. It had some form of connection. And that's very popular mm -hmm. in the black community. Um, they used to say, why did my grandmother call me the bishop? Why did my grandma call me this? But it was something that lived with you. And then you get older, you realize, oh, she gave me a name because of what I'm doing right now. So would you say that's a, that's a kind of connection while you're on a mission? That name was not given by coincidence. 
I don't, I, I, you know, when I, when I think about it as, as I've grown this trying or at least attempting to grow this, this uh, brand, I thought about that and I'm like, you know what, this, this could not have been by accident. Mm. There, there had to be some sort of connection to that because that moniker, as funny as it was for my friends, there was some truth to it. You know, just like any comedy, there's what makes comedy so good is that there's always an element of truth to it. Mm. And so as they were giving me a hard time and you know, joking with me, there's some truth in it because that's really, honestly, that's how, how I was. And so uh, to a fault at times, some, some people would say, will you please just be quiet? We get it, you know? <laughs> So get off your soapbox. I got it, you know. <laughs> and it's kind of how I've always been. As I've gotten old, I've tried to rein that in a little bit, you know, because you want to be able to still keep people's attention and keep them listening. Yeah. But people don't always uh, uh, respond well to being preached to. Right, right, right. So I had to, you know, try to turn it around and really work it and get better. And I'm still learning with it. Absolutely, that's it. How are your children reacting to your nickname? What's that? How are your children reacting to the nickname you've got, Bishop Trinidad? <laughs> well, my son, for sure, he understands why I'm called Bishop. Oh, call he got Bishop the picture sure. now, yeah? Right. Because he's heard enough sermons from me, you know, uh, right. that he understands it completely. So when he hears those individual friends say it, he just sent a nod in his hand like, yeah, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my, da my daughter's on the hand of the head. They just think it's funny. They just think that's just dad and his friends, and that's what they call him. They don't. But that's probably because they didn't get too much preaching to them. They, right, right. They, they they had some sense about themselves. They were like my son. They not, I could right. tell them one time, and they like, I got it, Dad. You know, All right. Him, you know, it's just a constant battle. Like, right. you don't get it together. <laughs> so he gets more of it than probably they do. All right, right, right. So am I correct to say then, before we come to the ending, you could class this out like a parable. Mm-hmm. When you're talking to people, it's a parable that they walk away and think, you know what, Bishop Trinidad, at that moment, it didn't make sense. But I walk away and spend two, three days what you said, it makes sense, which is like a parable. Would you say um, it has some effect of kind of what you're doing, the mission, it's like a parable. You leave somebody with something to think about. Uh, repeat that last part. I didn't catch that last part. Okay. Um, when you look at the actual name and what you're doing as a mission, you could identify it as a parable. So when you're speaking to people, you're leaving something as a fact based on how you are as a single father. When they walk away, you left something for them to think about. And then they'll probably come back to you and say, you know what you said two days ago? It makes sense. Would you say that's how you're doing things now? Most definitely. Most definitely. Uh, I, as, as, as honestly, that's really my intent is that I want to leave something with them to where they can refer back. Not, I don't want them to walk away feeling exhausted by what I've said to say. I want, to them, I want them to walk away thinking because that's part of my, my process to do two things for you to think and to provide clarity. Right, right, right. Uh, because those are two things that are very big to me. Uh, that's how I try to approach things that I'm trying to understand is to for those things to get me to thinking and to provide clarity to it right. and to understand that um the word ignorance is not a it's not a bad word right. it's just if you understand its actual definition it just means in essence not knowing right mm -hmm. and so there's nothing wrong with being ignorant living in ignorance is a problem mm -hmm. uh, so i want to get you thinking and then provide clarity and so that way you can understand because when you can put, put those two things together you that's what creates understanding right right 
So I think that answers my last question because it's looking at where you're intending to go with your idea of changing the narratives of the people about being a single father. What's your long-term plan with what you're doing to get people out there to see things a little bit different in being a single father? Uh, long-term plan. It's, you know, it's kind, it's kind of tough because the type of message that I'm giving, um, one would say that there, there has to be some sort of ending. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't necessarily agree with that because I think it's, it's a message that can evolve because there's so many different layers. So we could talk about for a while, we could, uh, we could focus on one element of that for, mm-hmm. for a significant part of the time. And then there's, but then there's multiple other pieces that need to be discussed too. It's not just one singular message. Mm-hmm. There's so many other pieces to it. We, we discussed those today, uh, whether it's being a father, being, uh, a, you know, a son, uh, work-life balance, relationships, all those things are a part of being a single parent. Mm-hmm. So, and you, and you can't really uh, address every single one of them all at the same time. Because mm-hmm. then you, the, the message gets, gets mixed, it gets convoluted. Right. So, um, I don't know that I have, in the essence, in the sense of a long-term plan of an ending, mm-hmm. but more that I want this to continue to grow. I want to, I want to tackle new elements, new chapters, new issues, that, that are connected to that because there are so many more than we've even talked to talked about today. Mm. Uh, so that's really my long-term goal is to continue going and um, attacking every uh, topic. Because there's some that I've never had to deal with, but there may be another parent or single dad out there that's dealing with something I've never had to uh, deal with. So I want to hear that story. And let's right. say, okay, I've heard this. Now, how can we fix that? How can we fix uh, or give that more uh, attention? Yeah. Right, right. Well, Bishop Trinidad, what can I say? This has really brought the curtains down today. (laughs) (laughs) Why? Because there are some topics you covered that most people are silent about, most people are not talking about. But I think you've touched the nail on the head on certain things that most people are thinking, you know what, this makes sense now. And I want to ask you for people to get in touch with you. Do you have social media or contact details? What was that? I'm sorry. Okay, you have any uh, contact details, social media, people can get in touch with you? Oh, yes. Uh, you can always uh, find me on multiple different uh, social media platforms, Bishop Trinidad on Facebook and IG. Uh, you can uh, listen to my podcast that's on, on multiple uh, venues. It's uh, Bishop Trinidad uh, the fourth. Um, contact me at my email, which is Bishop Trinidad, uh, Roman numeral IV for the fourth at gmail.com. Um, for any types of um, uh, th- things like this, you know, for, uh, for discussions, uh, for meetings, I'm, all, I'm up for all those things. And you can get all the content from all those uh, different uh, social media platforms under the moniker of Bishop Trinidad. Absolutely. Brilliant. Fantastic. And um, you are writing a book on your life or anything like that for sale? Uh, you know, going back to what you asked me about long-term plans, that actually is something uh, right. that I... Um, I'm uh, slowly putting together. Um, I'm trying to put together a, the proper team for that because when I do it, I want to do it right. Right. And uh, being that it's something I've never really ever done, uh, right. you know, um, there's one thing that I've always, I try to tell people, I always try to surround myself with people who are smarter than me. Right, right. right, right. And so um, that, that only um, adds to my success. 
right, and right. gets it helps get my message and what I want out there the best way possible for people to consume. Right, that's going to be a fantastic opportunity to that's going to be a fantastic opportunity to collect that book when it's ready because um, there's so much information you are delivering in this podcasting that I know your book will have some effect on some of the men out there. Most definitely. There's, a, there's actually also, um, I have a YouTube channel that I'm launching and one of the main uh, uh, discussions on there, it's, I guess uh, someone could actually say that could be a book within itself, but I don't really want to do that for this. And it's, um, it's entitled uh, Dark Conversations, mm-hmm. a, a Chat with a Mirror. Right. And basically that is, the whole thing is about having those really, really hard, honest discussions with the person you see in the mirror. Right. Because when you can do that, that will launch you in a completely different stratosphere is going forward and moving forward with your life. But it all starts with having that real hard conversation in the mirror. So right. that's what that uh, that channel is going to be about, uh, ranging from different topics, not, but that don't just include uh, single parenting. Right, right. Powerful, powerful. Now, what I want to say, ask for the closing is uh, what's your last final word you would like to share with everybody before we close? What's your message? I keep it simple uh, for you. Um, just, just speaking directly to, to dads, uh, even more so uh, black dads, just know, just know that, hey, guys, you're not alone and I see you. Mm-hmm. And my goal, um, my passion is to get as many of those stories out there. So don't, uh, don't feel discouraged. Keep doing what you're doing because um, that, that crowd, that, uh, those listeners, those people, they're starting to wake up and they're starting to see that you're there and, they're, and you're, you are appreciated. Right, right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we've just heard it in the hour of our interview with Bishop Trinidad. Now, I would encourage you to get in touch with Bishop get in touch with his social media, get in touch with his email, and you never know what opportunities may come once you get in touch. So ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening, and uh, thank you for Bishop Trinidad for your insight and your time and your energy and your passion, which has really been a benefit, and I'm hoping that our listeners out there can walk away with the benefit too. So ladies and gentlemen, see you next time. And remember, take care of yourself and look forward for greater things in life. So take care and thank you very much. Thank you. Okay.